Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from our epistle lesson, the words of Paul, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all means possible, I may win some. This is our text. So there's the man who's supposed to be occupying the pulpit right now, Pastor Walla with his uh, beautiful wife, Nikki, and their two beautiful children. Pastor Walla is extremely disappointed at not uh, being able to make the trip. He's kind of stuck out there in Idaho uh, right now, just too sick. I think he's getting better now, but too sick to, uh, to get on that plane for such a long trip and to spread germs to the passengers. And we're disappointed that he's not here. He's an excellent preacher. We were looking forward to the message that he would bring. So I hope that you'll join with me in, in praying that, uh, that health returns very quickly to him and also to Nikki and to her mom, both of whom uh, were also sick with this uh, flu uh, bug. And let's pray also that God uses this message to stir the hearts of his people. So I want to think with you a little bit today about these words from St. Paul. I have become all things to all men. Don't you wonder what the people who first read that sentence thought? I mean, I wonder if they thought that that maybe Paul was being just a little bit cocky, biting off more than he could chew, really, really trying to accomplish the impossible. Or maybe they thought he was selling out, not being true to his roots in the Jewish religion a religion that was very exclusive and that had all kinds of requirements that had to be met if somebody wanted to become a member of it. And St. Paul used to feel exactly that same way, having been born and, and raised in that faith. But he's saying with these words that he no longer has that attitude. He's abandoned that kind of thinking. What caused him to change his mind? He tells us, so that by all means possible, I might save some. And then he adds this, I do this for the sake of the gospel. There it is. I do this for the sake of the gospel. He did it to make the gospel relevant to the people in his day. He didn't want the traditions of his faith to get in the way of people hearing the truths of God's word. He wanted to be relevant. Doesn't everybody? I mean, the opposite of of relevant is irrelevant. And who would want to be slapped with that label? To be irrelevant means to be disconnected uh, from people so thoroughly that there's no way that, that you can communicate with them or that they even want to listen to you. Do you know who else wanted to be relevant in his day? St. Lawrence's first pastor, August Kramer. I'm going to build a little bit today on the history lesson that that Pastor Adams kind of started for us last uh, week. We read the same book, uh, Teach My People the Truth, an outstanding history of Frankenmuth and and St. Lawrence. I'd like to read to you uh, a couple of passages 
The first one is when the uh, Frankenmuthers are, are just getting off the boat in New York City. The members of the colony were met by Pastor Theodore Brome of Trinity Church in New York. It was customary for Brome, now here's the important part, and later for Pastor Brandt <laughs> to meet German arrivals of whose coming they had knowledge. Now, girls and boys, it's important for you to note it's a different Pastor Brandt since this is back in the 1800s. Now, this Pastor Brandt didn't meet the, the Frankenmuthers. Uh, he came a little bit later, and that actually has nothing to do with our sermon today, but I couldn't resist. I would like to uh, share with you a couple others. One is from Pastor Kramer. Pastor Kramer was the one who came to America and at the behest, the uh, Pastor Leahy in Germany was the one who organized the whole endeavor and sent Pastor Kramer and, and the other settlers here. And in 1846, Pastor Kramer writes to Pastor Leahy about a baptism that took place. I guess actually it was 1847 when he, when he wrote, because he, he wrote about a baptism that took place towards the end of 1846. He said, um, he talking about a 17-year-old uh, Chippewa teenager, he told me that on Christmas, which was 10 days off, he wanted to be baptized. So they, they tried to get it to happen on Christmas Day, but there were various complications. He was very happy over this, and his two older and more reticent sisters also expressed the desire to be baptized. Well, they finally got it to where they could do it on December 27th. And here's how he describes what happened. We questioned the children. They confessed their faith, solemnly vowed to renounce the devil, and thereupon declared, the girls amid tears, that they wanted to receive Christian baptism. This took place in the Parsonage and Mission School. Remember, that was all one initially. We've got a replica of that across the street. Then we went to the church, where the congregation was still assembled. I believe it was a Sunday, and they were having their, their worship services. The boy expressed his joy that now he was to be washed clean of his sins. We sang a song in Chippewa. Not the whole congregation, they still just spoke German. We sang a song in Chippewa that is Flessa, who was the teacher, I and the children. Singing a song in German wouldn't have done much good for those kids. So they sang it in Chippewa. Then I delivered an address in German to the congregation, prayed the Lord's Prayer in Chippewa with the children, made the sign of the cross, and so forth. Now, Pastor Leahy heard about some of this. Well, this was reported to him by uh, Kramer. But he also heard some other things coming from America, Pastor Leahy back in Germany. And, and, and some of them kind of troubled him. And, and the point that I want to make here is that being seeking to be relevant today isn't always easy, and, and sometimes it causes a little consternation. Sometimes there's some missteps along the way. So here's what Pastor Lee wrote to Pastor Kramer. We especially rejoice over the 17-year-old boy. Ah, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. Regarding the Indian mission, there is something that disturbs me. And yet, I don't see how it can be avoided. The Indians are instructed through interpreters and learn English. The congregation you serve is German, should be and remain German. 
The most natural relation would be if we taught the Indians German and we learned their language. As it is, and he didn't like this, as it is, we are increasing the English. Although we want to hold fast to the German, but listen to what he says next. Certainly one should not belabor this point. In other words, he understood, didn't like it, but he understood that for the sake of the gospel, this was going to be necessary. See, the problem was there weren't any interpreters who spoke German. A lot of them spoke French. They also could speak English and Chippewa. Pastor Kramer spoke German and English. And so he had to speak in English to the interpreters who would then speak in Chippewa to the Native Americans until he himself became better versed in that language. So why were they willing to go to all this trouble? For the sake of the gospel. Being relevant can cause a little consternation. It can cause some missteps, no question about that. So it must be approached prayerfully and carefully and intentionally and humbly. As St. Paul said, I became a slave that I might win some. That took humility. I became weak to win the weak. That took humility. St. Paul reminds us, for the sake of the gospel, we must present that message in a way that is relevant today. Do you know there's only one way that can happen? Only one way. And that is if those who already know the gospel discover its relevance in our lives every single day. That we who know God's love show that love through our lives. Isn't that what Jesus said in the gospel reading? The one who hears these words of mine and keeps them builds on the solid foundation. God's word, our Lord Jesus, relevant every day for us as we experience the peace and the comfort and the hope and the strength that come from knowing him and his love. And then we show that. People see in us. They can't miss it when we're living it right, the peace and the comfort and the hope and the strength. In other words, when we're showing them by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. That's all about making the gospel relevant for them. We do this for the sake of the gospel. That is the solid rock that Jesus talks about in our gospel reading. Now we chose that lesson today because it's very fitting, both for what it expresses about how we experience God's love and discover every day its relevance for us. And also, of course, because today is Foundation Sunday and we're thinking about how our St. Lawrence Foundation has been so instrumental 
in helping to keep our congregation relevant in ministry. The Bible has a lot to say about foundation. In Ephesians chapter 2, we're told that the church of Christ is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That's a way of talking about the Bible. With Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In our Old Testament reading today, said that the foundation of God's throne, which really is another way of talking about his, his rule in our lives, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. The righteousness of God given to us through faith in Christ. The justice of God worked out on the cross of Christ. Lived out in the lives of Christians. You know, lots of times a foundation isn't seen. It's, it's not very visible. But it's extremely vital. So also the, the case with our St. Lawrence Foundation. And that's why Pastor Walla was going to be here. I hope you had a chance to read his letter. It was emailed to the homes of our members this past week. If you didn't get a chance to read it or if you're a guest today, invite your attention to a little bit about uh, of what he said there. As I anticipate my weekend with you, I give thanks to God for the St. Lawrence Foundation, which has played a major part in my life. Your vicarage program, which I was privileged to be a part of in 2008 and 9, is funded by the foundation. What a great opportunity was presented to me, one for learning and developing, being mentored and building relationships, all in preparation for service to our Lord. As I now am called to serve as a pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Fairbanks, Alaska, I so appreciate the foundation that was laid for me through you, St. Lawrence. We're now in our 11th year of the vicarage program. We have an outstanding vicar again this year, and that, uh, that, helps, that just helps to keep us relevant. It gives us great confidence in the future, doesn't it, as we see as these young men and their families come to us every year and then head back to the seminary and, and from there into a parish where they can serve the Lord. And we know the kind of men that the Lord is raising up to serve as pastors. It's been good for our congregation. It's been great for our pastoral team. Keeps us a little bit younger, just a little bit. It also kind of keeps us on our toes because if you're training somebody, you're trying to, to lead by example, well, you're going to be just a little bit, well, you'd have done fine anyway, but you're just a little bit more careful, perhaps, of how you do that. And I think you know that our foundation has a special endowment within the foundation that pays all of the costs for the vicarage program. And of course, our uh, our foundation does so many other great things. We don't have time to go into them. Uh, Bob Rummel was able to share some of those with you, and there's information downstairs. And what else is down there, Pastor Bender? I heard you're, you seem pretty excited about that. Oh, butterhorns, that's right. I had one between services, I can tell you. They're worth the trip. And the information down there, too, we certainly would encourage you to uh, do that. And get in the habit, maybe, of when we have coffee and refreshments, uh, spending just a little bit of extra time after worship service to visit uh, with one another. I know you rejoice with me at the, uh, the announcement that was made today of that fabulous lead gift that comes to us from our St. Lawrence Foundation. They, they, they want to do what they were set up to do, and that is to support and, and to undergird ministry at St. Lawrence, and so magnanimously to provide a million dollars towards the, uh, the building 
of a, of a new facility. That along with everything else that our foundation has done and continues to do. All of this for the same reason that we exist as a congregation and that, that we do what we do and what every Christian congregation, the reason for their existence and their ministry, St. Paul says, all of this for the sake of the gospel. Or to use the words of our theme verse from Psalm 145, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. And as long as we keep on doing that, we will be relevant today and every day. For Jesus' sake, amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We now worship our God of love with our gifts of love.